BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hey ho, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Ron will be here in just a second. He's running late and I yelled out to him, but he's not here yet. So he's on his way in. Hope everybody's doing well in the meantime and welcome to the show. We got a great show for you guys today. Uh, first up, we have actress and award-winning music producer Max Wasser coming on, and then we have Fred North coming on, who is a uh, motion picture helicopter pilot, worked on the biggest films in the industry, something new for us, something we've never done before, so I think it'll be a lot of fun. So in the meantime, um, let's say hi to the chat room, which people are just starting to come in now, but what's up? Stefan's in the chat room. How you doing, Stefan? Hope all is well with you. Um, uh, we had a great weekend. And we went to see the Bloodthirst movie premiere uh, on Friday afternoon in Beverly Hills. And we got to hang out with Costas Mandalore and what was the other guy's name now? I forgot his name. Isn't that terrible? Um, Tara Reid was in the film, but she wasn't there. BJ Mezik was there. Lots of people from the show were there um, that we've had on. And we had a really, really good time. Robert Lasardo is the other person that we met. And he's gonna be, they're both going to be coming on the show soon. Um, and then on Saturday night, we went to uh, Halloween Hotness, which is at Madame Tussauds, and it was a blast. Um, it was a lot, a lot of fun. We dressed up as cowboys. Ron looked phenomenal. Everybody, like, loved him. And uh, we met all kinds of people, of which Max Wassa, who's our first guest, was there. So it should all be good, um, and everything is going well with everything. We had a total blast, um, lots of cool stuff coming up, um, and I think that uh, – that I don't know where Ron is when, and I didn't prepare anything since he usually talks at the beginning of the show. But um, I think what we'll do is we'll play a quick music break, you guys, and let me go get him because I don't know where he is. So let's play uh, 
California Blues by Gabe Lopez featuring Belinda Carlisle. And give us two seconds. As soon as this, the video is over, we'll be back. Thanks, everybody. Lopez featuring Belinda Carlisle. Now I've got Ron joining me uh, for the show. 
And he's drinking something now, but he's back and he's here. Hello, cool man, outrageous man about town, Ron Russell. For those of you who don't like me, enjoy this. I'm suffering. I don't know if it's a desert dust, allergies, what? But my vision is blurry. My nose is clogged. I just fight this desert sand all the time. The last time I lived in Palm Springs 20 years ago, I moved out of Palm Springs back to New York because the, the, the sand was so bad that it was really affecting me terribly. But anyway, I'm here. So tell them. So we went to Halloween Hot this Saturday. Who did you remember that you met? Well, I looked in the mirror and I saw myself. That was all I needed. <laughs> Daniel DeCrisio was there, you guys. He's yes. been a guest on and, the show. And Sherry Davis. Mm. Yes. And, and uh, B.J. Mezick and his wife, Mezick and Shelley. his wife and his daughter, Taya. And all our little gang. Zachary was there. And Diane. Diane and Brandy. Uh, Brandy, my little Mary. gummy bear. So we also met Barbara Crampton, you guys. She's been on the show twice, but we've never met her in person. We met Scream Queen Jill Sholin, big, big star from the 80s, and she said she would come on the show. Uh, we saw Jennifer Moriarty. She's coming on the show in two weeks. Um, and if you guys remember when we had um, Max, Max Searchy on the show two weeks ago, we showed the trailer for uh, uh, the, the Bouncer, I think it was, and the guy who stars in that movie, John Ozuna, is a big martial arts star. He's coming on next week. Um, so we, we met all kinds of fun people, and we had a blast. Tracy Lee Coco was there, Raister Michaels, and everybody from um, Night Mistress movie. And Franco um, was there. Yeah, Frankie. And um, who else? There was a lot. It was fun. It was, it was all I mean, inside. There was hundreds of people. And I think they raised a little bit over $30,000, which is good. It's not a lot of money, but it's enough to get one family going at St. Jude's Hospital. I think sometimes it's a pity that billions of dollars are sent to Russia and other countries, and we have to beg to help the people in our country. Absolutely. I think that's wrong. And the billions of dollars that are sent to other countries, if a portion of it was given to St. It possibly may be. You know, I'm talking to my hat. I'm sure that the government does give St. Jude millions and millions of dollars a year. At least I would hope so. Because the purpose of St. Jude Hospital is children that have cancer and parents that don't have the money because of insurance is being so expensive and bad, they have a place to go to, to, to heal their child. And it takes care of everything. Now think of it this way. God forbid you had a child or a grandchild who has cancer. God forbid. And that child is in a hospital. And you have to travel every day, miles and miles and miles on a bus, on a subway or whatever it is you travel on to see that child. Isn't it nice that the people that raise money for St. Jude make it possible for you to sleep in the hospital near your child? If in the middle of the night, your child wakes up screaming because it's terrified of what it's going through, Mom and dad are there. So St. Jude, to me, is probably the best, uh, aside from, of course, AIDS, you know, giving money for, to find a cure for AIDS, which is killing children as well as adults. Uh, people of all people, not just some people or certain people, but all people. I think our government has got to stop 
giving so much interest to other countries to make their welfare better and to start concentrating on our country. And people over 80 should not have to pay a copay because they don't have it. Their social security checks are 1500 1200 They have to pay rent, eat, and doctors too. It's just stupid. Anyway, in politics, we're going to have a good show. So uh, we raised $30,000. Last year, we only raised eighteen, so we raised 12000 more than last year. So it was a great success. And we had a really, really, really good time. And then I told them um, that we went to the Blood Bloodthirst premiere, the movie starring Robert Lozardo, Costas Mandalore, and Tara Reid. And Tara Reid wasn't there, but we hung out with Costas Mandalore and Robert Lozardo and met all kinds of fabulous people. And it was really uh, it was a fun movie, campy movie, but very fun. Sarah French was in it. Uh, Alyssa Dowling is in it. Ron's starring in a movie with Riz- Alyssa Dowling soon. Um, I play her daddy. Now, yes. listen, this movie, I love vampire movies. You know, In all my career, I have never, ever played a vampire. Soon yeah. I will be playing a very interesting, spooky, weird vampire who happens to be gay. And he has a daughter who's a vampire and what goes on between daddy and daughter and the world that they live in a fantasy is so bewitching. It's a movie that will take you to another world. It is the best script I've read in a long, long time. Uh, Ming Ballad wrote it directed by Jennifer James. So it's going to be quite a film when we shoot it. That film should be, I think that's the second film I'm doing. Yeah. First death house, then uh, no, 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 no uh, it'll be a little bit further river, down than that. River first, Red River comes first, yes. Red River first, and it's De- not Death House anymore. What is it? It's now? Death Realm, a haunting begins. What? Um, they're not doing Death House, and I think one of the main reasons Max Wasser, our first guest, she starred in a movie called Death House. Yeah, but what's, what's this new title? Death Realm is the title Death that they've been talking about. Realm. Yes, a haunting what? begins. What is Death Realm? Well, mean? since it's a ghost story, it what's fits a realm? More. What oh. are you doing with the camera? What, what's a realm? I mean, it's not spooky. Death realm. Oh, well. Anyway, there's another death house. Well, they should have called it like whore house or something. <laughs> yeah, no, anyway, we're going to talk about the other death house because that one has like 30 of the biggest horror stars ever. Horror. 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 No, no everybody horror. else is horror. You say horror and people the get it. Horror. Horror. No, it's horror. No, that's it. No, that's. But that's no, that's how you. it gets correct. Hey, Hub, what's up? Hub just joined us too. Hey, Hub. Hey, Hub, what is it? Horror or horror? Oh, he doesn't say he talks real Texan. He'll say "ha." I don't know if it's Texan. <laughs> Whatever Hub speaks, he'll say "ha." So, real quick, then, you guys, uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in every week. Please listen to us on um, Apple Podcasts because I'm trying to get us up in the rankings. Uh, it's kind of a weird thing because we were never ranked on it in 15 years, and now that we're on it, I, I want to stay on it. So, let's uh, continue to listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You'll see me sharing the link everywhere on social media. Um, also, you can hear us on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Prime. And tomorrow night, we're going to the most wonderful uh, get-together gathering for Paramount Studios. It's fancy dress. We have to get all dolled up in our glitz and gl- glitter. And there I will be with snots hanging out of my nose and watery eyes and they're going to think that I have some kind of air pollution or some kind of disease. Anyway, I'm going to dope myself up with all kinds of uh, anise. What do they call that stuff? You snip? I have what I spray up my nose. It's um, 
I don't know what it's called. But anyway, I have nasal spray. Then there's pills I take to dry out my sinuses. So let's hope that by tomorrow night, you know, I won't be, snuts won't be rolling out of my nose. So you guys were going to a cocktail party for the new television show by Paramount called Fellow Travelers. Yeah. Um, it stars Matt Bomer, yeah. which everybody knows, and Jonathan Bailey, who's the star of Bridgerton, which is a huge series. And um, I'm looking forward to meeting them. We'll get to go and meet. We'll get to go meet them, and um, hopefully yeah. we'll get to go meet them. And it should be a lot of fun. So anyway, we're going to bring on our first guest. Okay, let's. Uh, do all right, that. let's bring on Max. Let's see if we can hear her. Hey, Max. Hi, guys. Who is this girl? Hey, hey, hey! Oh my gosh, Who is this we couldn't girl? even tell your hair had red in it on Saturday. You were so bloody. Yeah. <laughs> Who is this girl? Have I ever seen yeah. this girl before? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, darling. How are you? Hi, my love. Yes, you guys look fantastic on Saturday. Yeah, you think? It was so much fun. Somebody said I look like Rock Hudson. I almost had a heart attack. Oh, well, Rock Hudson. Well, Rock Hudson had a big mustache at one time, like I wore. Yeah, but they said I look like Rock Hudson. I just wanted to scream. Imagine <laughs> anybody telling you you look like Rock Hudson. Wow. <laughs> you know, I didn't recognize you at first because I, I turned around and I was like, who is this hot 30-year-old standing next to me? That's right. <laughs> what is it? I, she I, said, who is this hot 30-year-old standing next yeah, to me? Yeah, hot 30-year-old. <laughs> you got that wrong. Before we go there, did you have a good time? I did have a good time. I did. Every I was dressed as a um, a bloody saloon girl who's been I, through a gun a gun shootout. Everybody thought I was a bride, but that's not what I was. <laughs> you know, Actually, too, you made, got robbed we, though. We made over thirty thousand dollars. Yes, yes, yes. That went to St. Jude, so you, you should know. feel good about that. I do, I do. I I know, you know, just personally, I I think I raised like nine thousand of that. Good myself. girl. Good girl, good girl, good girl. I like. I don't know it. what we raised. I don't. I guess we raised something. Uh, yes, we raised five hundred. I heard. <laughs> no. Either way, it was a good event. So hold on, let me do a real introduction. All right, everybody. Yes. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, actress, award-winning music producer, author, model, movie producer, Max Wassa. Hello, and welcome to the show. And I don't know if you have more titles. But I figured that was—I got a lot of them in there for you, just to get them all in there. They're in my back pocket. It's fine. It's been such a long time because the last time we had you on the show, we lived in Pennsylvania, so that's a long, long time ago. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's funny because we run in the same circle, but we don't see you as often as I would like to see you. So it was really a thrill to see you on Saturday night. So we haven't seen you in what ten years? No. And I haven't aged a bit. You have not. <laughs> Absolutely. I have aged terribly, but you know. no, you haven't. So, so you and I are the same age and like, you are fabulous. You look terrific. You're smoking hot. And I did all this research on you uh, this time coming on, since I know you do a lot of different things and I didn't actually know you did quite so many things. I knew you were a big time music person, um, but I didn't know that you were actually like in Playboy. When were you in Playboy? Oh, in the eighties, <laughs> you know, in, in the good days of Playboy. When, but, you know, oh, yeah, when it was a good magazine, but also, like, you were super popular in Playboy, so good for you. Oh, I mean, you. I mean, you're smoking hot now, so I would imagine in the 80s, which is, like, 40 years ago, like, you're even significantly uh, hot. Wait a minute, we're talking... My hair was much bigger. <laughs> we're talking really stupid numbers here. I don't what do you mean? I don't like it. 40 years. What kind of numbers are these? We don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't talk those numbers. <laughs> 
Astro, Astro agrees. It's going to kiss me now, right? So we have people in the chat room. Just say hi to the chat room. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. Now go away. So let's um, – the chat room people are starting to come in. Let's – um. so let's talk a little bit. I have bit. to make out with my dog. This I'm is sorry. Astro. This is Astro. He always comes on the show. He's a ham. He loves <laughs> – I was in a movie called Astro. Yeah. Yes, I know you were. I actually wrote that down. But, that? And actually, a lot of the people in it have been on our show, or Ron's worked with them. Um, yeah, well, Ron's worked with everybody. So, so let's tell them, everybody. So there's a film really? called Astro, you guys. We didn't. We have never worked together, right? No, well, I don't think so. No. And, I don't think so. Don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah, well, we're going to work that out because I'm producing a ton of movies, so we're going to work that out. So we have a movie called Astro She Did, you guys. Marshall Hillen was on our show. Ron was in a movie with Gianni Capaldi, Gary Daniels, Louis Mandalore, who's the brother of Costas, who we met this Costas. weekend. Michael yeah. Pillay, who Ron knows. Randy oh, yeah. Wayne, Ron worked with. And Dominic Swain is the one, only one I don't, I, I have never met her, but I know who she is, obviously. Um, yeah, well, was on for like four seconds. Oh, Okay. She's there for four seconds. Actually, I, I heard. She, well, I didn't. Uh, she doesn't always have the best press. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm shocked. I speak only the highest, you know, form for everybody. That's good. So, what's the movie about? Is it a horror movie? No, no, it, it's a sci-fi movie. And oh, yeah, Gregory Crosby, who um, is a fantastic writer, and and Asif Akbar wrote it. And um, yeah, it was great fun. We were in in uh, New Mexico for a couple of months shooting that in Roswell, and I'm like a two thousand. What was it like in Roswell? I want to go to Roswell just because I think it'd be fun. It was a bit creepy, you know. We were there for a long time, and we got to kind of know the people there, and they are very, very into their, you know, sci-fi and an alien connection, which is cool. Cause you know, I love that as well. He loves when, when, when I came here from Mars, we landed in Roswell at night and yeah. we, you know, we ran off the ship spaceships where people wouldn't find us, right. uh, but they found the spaceship. That's how come they always write about Roswell and the spaceship. My father flew that spaceship, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we, did a, we did a, Ron did a movie with Axif Akbar too. Yeah. Uh, he was he was the producer or financial cool. financier or something on Ron's movie. Yes, I, I don't remember which one was that. Wow, Clown Road or whatever. Clown, Clown, Clown Fear. Clown Fear. Yeah. A lot of clown movies. A lot of clown. <laughs> I mean, and you know what? In August, I'm shooting Clown Motel Three. Oh, nice. <laughs> I have some friends in there. So, you know, I I can't get out of those clown. I play a, a general in the army. Thank God I don't play one of the stupid clowns. But um, I got to get out of these clown movies. I know, get out of there. She's a bad reputation. <laughs> no, what's funny is uh, one of my brothers is actually went to Ringling Brothers uh, College in Florida. Yes, yeah, and he became Sarasota. Sarasota. from being an engineer, a big high stakes engineer, you know, for Sony and. <laughs> You know, we own a billion dollar studio, and he tells my dad, "Oh, I'm going to go be a clown," and goes off to clown college. Is a clown? So now is he having? No, he's just he went to clown college. Is he? Is he still a clown? Oh, he's a clown. He's a clown to me. (laughs) (laughs) I like love it. I think it's terrific. So let's talk a little bit about music because I I know I've always known uh, that you 
have worked a lot in music and you have a because you always I always see posts with different bands and stuff, but I didn't actually know you were a producer. I thought you were more of a manager, not actually you're producing the music. I wrote down that you won an LA Music Award, Lifetime Achievement Record Producer Award, and that you're a classically trained musician. What are you classically trained Whoa. in? I am a uh, French horn, flute, piano, guitar, you know, stuff like that. You're, you're stuff like that. That's all. French horn, well, I, flute. Have, I, have to, I have to show off. Okay. So you are a flautist. A flautist, yes. She's a flautist. See, I know some shit. Even though I'm from Brooklyn, I still know what a <laughs> I mean, Not my main instrument. French horn is actually my main instrument. French um, horn is an interesting in instrument because it's an old instrument. Did yeah. you know it goes, all, of course you do know this, but it goes all the way back to the time, the period of the French Renaissance. Yes. The chosen instrument by, I think, Louis and Marie Antoinette. Yes. Do, do you play instruments like on people's? Because you, you primarily produce rock music, right? Oh, no, I, I produce everything. Uh, everything. Um, I produce a really fun record. Oh, more. I don't know if you can call it fun, but uh, very interesting record for a gentleman called Dan Reed from the Dan Reed Network. And that was um, kind of world music and using Palestinian and Israeli musicians for the very first time in history on one record together. Well, it went good there. Yeah, it went good there, but it didn't go so good in the world. <laughs> Yes, but you know that was our our kind of you know our peace record, you know our our project of hope, and you know I think if everybody had a little bit more hope and a little more peace in their heart, we wouldn't have these situations. Absolutely, absolutely, a hundred percent. Your words should only go out to the world. Oh, they are going to go out. Meanwhile, to the world. I have to do the personal stuff because we have Snoopy. Of people that watch and they want to know what is, is she married? Does she have kids? Is she a type? Is she straight? Is she with? They all want the background. So we'll start off with: Are you married? I am not married. I am not. Oh, married. are you available? I am available. What kind of a man do you like? I like all the men. And <laughs> <laughs> all the women. <laughs> I like love it. I think it's terrific. So do you have children? I do. I have two fabulous children, Jesse and Danny. Um, Danny, you might know because she's also an actress and uh, a, a super model. Um, and and her name is, is Danny. What's your last name? Is yeah. it your same as yours? Danny Shaka, S C I A C C A. And how about the boy? What does he do? He's in music. Um, of course. Of course, they, they figure they follow you. Yes, yes. Actually, you following both things. You got the actress model thing on one hand and you got the musician thing. So okay, let's, both get, of let's get back to the, the Yenta stuff. Okay. So if a guy calls you up, mm -hmm. says to you, what would you like to do this evening on our date? What would you say to him? Isn't that a stupid question? Now make it question? a first date. That's the stupidest question in the world, but guess what? People love it. So. <laughs> What would be your first date with a tall, six foot two, Somebody you think well super built, hot. handsome hunk? Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, I'm a lot of a nerd. <laughs> so you know, nerd. Do awesome nerd? Yes, she is. I don't think you're a nerd because you don't look like a nerd. That's for sure. 
So what would you like to do? What, what's a fun first date for you? I used to take everybody ice skating. Um, ice skating is fun, but I, I have an injury at the moment, so I can't ice skate. So, um, I, I love, uh, I love comic book stores. Me too. Oh my gosh. I love comic book stores. We even have our own Funko Pop that we had made. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we have two comic books that two we're Two comic books out. Yeah. I have to choose where I have to pause this. Who did you take ice skating on I a date? I used to take everybody. When what's, I, what's everybody? Since oh, when did that you, was when I you like, dated everybody? That was when I dated women back when I was 20 years old, not like as an old person. Oh, you never took me I didn't take skating. you ice skating, no. But. I'm an ice skater. Have That's, you ever been to the fucking... I've ice skated, and my, my daughter also. Oh, we can go now. I love to ice skate. Well, I can't do no, anything because I have no, a no, bad no. knee. At 83 years old, I'm not going on the ice. You never <laughs> get it. Oh, in a chair and you can like push in the chair. No, go up no, the he way. would never do that. No. He, you know, once in a while, if we both are having trouble with our knees, we'll like get the, into the little shopping carts and chase each other around the store. <laughs> no, God forbid you. But, I, wait, if you fall on ice at eighty-three, oh, it, you're in trouble. Yeah, because ice is very ice is dangerous. People don't realize that. Have you? Wait, wait. Well, I want to go, wait, I I go there. It's good. It's good. When you see these wonderful skaters at the ice uh, capades or whatever they have. And they're flying and throwing each other around. You think, oh, that's easy. I could do that. Yeah, like hell. Try it. But it's scary because it's dangerous. And they are wonderful. Proceed now, Mr. Stone. I want to know if you've been to the Funko Museum. Have you been there? I haven't been. I was at Funko this past week. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a total nerd, I'm telling you. I I took one of my dear friends, Laura, to Funko for her first time and got her into collecting. And um, my son is a huge collector, like one of the biggest collectors of Funko. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a huge, huge fan of everything they do. I'm, do you have a bunch of Funko? Like how many? I'm not so crazy about this new gold series. I don't know how you feel about it. Explain to us. We don't. We're not Funko people. Funko people. Everybody's are just not, but everybody else is. No, everybody is. <laughs> I don't know any of my friends my age that even know what Funko. Oh, well, your age not, but I actually made my TikTok called "This Is Jimmy Star" and it's all about my collectible. Like I have a because I collect action figures. I have everybody who's ever been on our show. Do you have an action figure from any of your films? Um, I had one back in the day, but I think that's like long gone. <laughs> okay, I always but go. It's I worked, always go it's worked a lot them. of money. Yeah, I always go looking. If your for them. action figure is from the day, yeah, yeah. Be, don't do you have one of yourself? I have nothing of myself. I don't really keep anything of myself. Sometimes fans will send me things to sign, and you know, um, and I'll take a picture of it and go, "Oh, that's cool," you know. Um, what about wait so do you collect funko pops or not i do i collect funko um i i've been a collector for a very long time i owned at one time the second largest elvis presley collection in the world oh, wow wow second yeah. you sold it wow we had uh four thousand square feet of elvis presley pardon me you have four thousand square oh my feet gosh, of wait. elvis presley yeah. Yes. Wait, so do you watch so Sunday nights? I love to watch on MeTV Collectors Call. Do you ever watch Collectors Call? I haven't seen that. I'll have to watch that. So it's it's hosted by the girl from um, 
Facts of Life, whatever her name is, Blair from Facts of Life. But anyway, they go around to the biggest collections of action figures and and like one lady had the biggest Dolly Parton, you know, thing. I didn't give a shit about that one. I like the action figure ones. Um, but I ha- how many Funko Pops do you think you have? Um, I probably have a few hundred and my son probably has thousands. You're no. I have like 200. I, think all insane. I have about 200 of them, and I have about 20 of them that are like autographed by like huge people, like Charlize Theron and like fucking Aquaman and all of these different kinds of things. And then this, I have this is obsessive. And then I have three of me and two of him that we had made. Um, but this but is we've never been to the museum though, and that's why I wear the big red glasses because I made my Funko Pop had big red glasses, and I even took the the image and had it embroidered on T-shirts and everything because I'm like a yeah. super. Do you go to Funko Fun Days? I've never been. I want to go. I've never been. We have to go together. Oh, I would love to go. That would be the coolest thing ever. You two go. I love it. You would love it. It's so much fun. The only thing I don't like is like, I'm not really into the whole like Funko soda and all that, all the other little, and now they got the little mini itty bitty pops or whatever. I'm not really doing those kinds of things. I really like the traditional ones and then some of the big ones. I like that eighteen inch. I have the eighteen inch Batman and Harry Potter. Yeah, I still can't get over her four thousand square feet of Elvis Presley. We hated Elvis Presley. Uh, I mean, I hated him. All the guys hated him in Brooklyn and and Queens, where I lived in both. They were all jealous because Elvis. No, we weren't jealous. (laughs) We all said he was a faggot because he had dyed jet black hair, and on his album he had more makeup than Marilyn Monroe, and he had eyeliner and mascara. And we just looked at him. We said, he's a big sissy. He's a fruit. So none of us liked him. So you know what we did? I dyed my hair black. Right. <laughs> I wore it like that. I had my so wait, collar up. When is Funko? When, when does Funko? When do they do Funko Days? They do that during the San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, if we're still here, like I totally want to do that. Like that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I'm sure they do it in New York somewhere. Well, the Funko Funko only has two museums, and the other one's not in New York. I don't know. In where New it York, is, they have a Funko Pop Museum where you go for target practice. No, no, <laughs> he's joking. All right, so let's go back. So, so I, I think that all that shit's super cool. So, who who is who? Because I went on, uh, I went on a record label. Do you work with a record label? I do. Um, I forgot the name of it, but I saw like all these like it looked like heavy metalish or really like hardcore rock bands. That's why I just assumed you produced rock music. Um, no, I mean, I, I produce, you know, what I enjoy and what I think the, um, you know, the world is going to enjoy and that they have some sort of a positive message. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. What's the message your shirt is saying? Let's see that. Um, Strike. Let's see. I have to push it. Yeah. Yay. Solidarity. Solidarity. Yay. 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 I like that. Fran was on our show. I love Fran. Oh, I can eat her. Fran thought it was a radio show. So she came out of a shower with her hair soaking wet, no makeup, in a white terry cloth robe, and she's sitting there. And then somebody told her, Fran, it's a television show. Oh, shit, she said. I just got to. <laughs> but we did the show anyway. But she's a lot of fun. Oh, she's fantastic. She came from one town away from me. We both grew up in the same neighborhood. I knew Flushing well. I used to date a lot of girls in Flushing because they were mostly Jewish girls. And the Italian guys used to say the Jewish girls love to give head. 
So let's go to flow. It was a rumor. It never happened. But that was supposed to be the thing. All Jewish girls give head. So all the Italian guys got in their cars and went to Flushing. But Fran is a tough broad. Don't even kid you. When you see the nanny, she's a flighty broad. Oh, no. Fran is very intelligent, very strong, and very with it. She's going to make it happen. I'm behind her all the way. 100%. 100%. 100%. I she's she is the best person to lead us through this horrible right. storm. And, you know, I've been, I've been acting since I'm seven and, you know, a lifetime union member in four unions. And I have so much respect for her, what she's doing. And, you know, it's, it's time. It's enough of this already. You know, I have a stack of checks for 82 cents and. <laughs> How do we live? How do we live? And, you know, and it, it hits us in every category as a musician, as a producer, as, um, as a writer, and, you know, all of, all of me is being taken and, and just. Max, what I'm, what I'm most upset about, and it's going to happen whether we like it or not, is image theft. 100%. I think that is horrific that they can use your image in a movie and give you no credit or money for it. They have this way with the CGI with computers. AI. However, however the fuck they do. I don't know what they do, those morons. But they take <laughs> your image and they make you happen in a movie. So therefore, you will never need an actor again. So if you're dead, like Rudolph Valentino, they'll take his image and put him in a movie today. Right. Uh, I think it's wrong because the one thing that we actors fight for is our identity. It's always being stolen by somebody. There's always somebody out there that wants to copy you, copy your way you're acting or something. Here they want to copy your fucking image, you. And I say to Franny, Franny, Franella, I call her, Franella, let's go. Let's yeah. not let this happen. I will never go to work again if this happens. And, well, and they're also making so much money. I mean, it's sickening that the the people from I think it was Paramount or something they made like like a a billion dollars or something a year or something. I mean, some ungodly up, amount of money. We're going to their party tomorrow. Night. Oh, well. <laughs> you know what the problem is? Like for the the general public that doesn't really understand what it is that we're dealing with, they too are having their image stolen from them every day. Every time you go to the bank or drive your car or pick up your phone, they are capturing your image. And yep. we no longer own ourselves. So, nope. and, and it's been happening for years. When I was with Playboy, my yep. ex-husband and I were walking down Hollywood Boulevard going to Mans for a movie. And we look up and there is a giant towel with my image on it. And I'm like, I have a piece of that. And then on our, our, they sold like thousands of them. (laughs) Thousands of them. And um, on, at one time I was dating uh, Playgirls Man of the Year, Phil Baroni, and we're in a car wash, and he's like laughing at me because I was on an air freshener, and we turned the little air freshener around, and he was on the other side. There was one of him as well, and it was hysterical. And 
agonizing because we don't make any money off of that. You that's know? Pretty, the money is not even the, the really main. And that's part of the issue. To me, it's the audacity, mm-hmm. the nerve, the balls. Right. You know, I would, I would, I would pay to put a hit on them all seriously <laughs> because it's wrong. We right. break how hard did you work to be who you are today? Very hard. Very hard. I my ass since hard. 19 years old till now. I'm still trying to make it as an actor. Right. 64 fucking years I'm working my ass off. And now you want to steal my image? Right. Be, I wish they would steal my image. It would be a compliment. But they, don't, <laughs> they wouldn't even bother with me. they say, oh, her. Get rid of that fruit. It's but, so maddening. It's maddening. Terrible. It's, it's terrible. terrible. But it's happening to everybody. Yes. So they're taking the general public now and they're taking their image and putting that in movies. And it's not even they're they're not extras. And they don't even have any idea that it's going Max, on. Max. No idea. And they go, wait a minute. Max. Happening every day. I stick my neck out. You know why I stick my neck out? Because communism is taking over our country. This yes. is a communistic move. The communists controlled the people. I have a very good friend of mine who was who had a radio show in Russia. She's been on our show. And she had to leave Russia because they threatened her because of her, not politics, but just some of the things she said. So I said to her, honey, is it really that bad or is it all propaganda? She said, Ron, you would not believe what it's like. Government car, government apartment, government food, government control, government dentist, government doctor. Everything is the government, the government. We are no longer human beings. We are simply the populace of the communists. And I think that's what they're doing by stealing our image. That's a communist move. I don't give a shit what anybody tells me. Agreed. Agreed. It is. It's a com- I'm going to write that so, to Fran. Fran. So do Next you, time I talk to her, I'm going to tell her that. Do you, uh, <laughs> what are you hearing of, as far as, like, I don't know how anything went yesterday because I didn't see anything, but like, what are you like hearing in general? Like, or is there a, when do you, when, when are the rumors of when you think this might end? Um, Ugh, nobody knows. I, I don't see an ending in, in clear sight right now, unfortunately. Uh, we're so far away from any agreement. Um, it, we're lucky that they came back to the table at all, you know, all four of them. Um, but it's. <laughs> Just the things that they say, like, you know, that they don't care if people lose their houses and like all the terrible things. I mean, that is just, um, that's despicable. I think it's terrible. And, and, and it's not like they have to give up that much. I mean, like you make a billion dollars, so you give away a hundred million of it. You still got nine. We're looking for one percent, which 1%. is nothing. It's nothing. It's like no well, money at all. When hardly. you're talking about trillions or billions of dollars, if nothing. My nephew wrote a wonderful movie that was out. I wonder if I should tell it. No, I won't give the name because then you know who he is. Also, well, you can't. No, then you can't talk. Oh, and I can't that. do that anyway because I, I won't go against the union. Anyway, my nephew was in the middle of a television show, beautiful show about a tranny kid. And the family, and it's a wonderful, wonderful script and story. Well, they shut it down because of the strike, and now he doesn't think it's ever going to come back. So yeah. look at the loss. It's not even the loss of money we're talking about, but it's the loss of talent, the, yeah, loss, of the loss of good writing, the loss of good acting. 
Right. I, I don't know what the people out there are going to do when they're going to have to see the same movie over and over again a thousand times. Because I have, I have six shows on the chopping block right now, six six television shows and two films. All were up, you know, and now everything's pulled back, and uh, I can't. I, do have, I have about six or eight movies all in the line waiting. Mm-hmm. All right. I have three I, of them. I star in two of them, and starring three me. of them are funded. Three of them, well, they were and funded before. I'm not sure exactly now if they're still because people that's don't want to give you money. I, that's and wait. why I hold up banks because <laughs> we, we, have, we, have, we have to we have to eat. We have not worked since COVID till strike. You know how long right. that was. Yes, yes. Strike. Yeah, she knows how long it is because she's I doing mean, the same thing. Me. Good thing I know how to knock over banks. Otherwise, it's a good thing that you're start. a music producer, also, though. That, uh, yeah, but, but it affects music as well. It it really does. You know, uh, we're fighting for streaming. You oh know? yeah, absolutely. It affects me as a publicist. That's another story. It affects me as a publicist because we could people do an aren't hour making on any streaming. money to pay me. Yes. So, like, it's hard to find clients because nobody can promote anything because they don't have any money, even if they're in. Mostly, this affects union films, non-union productions. They're out there making movies like crazy now. Sure. Uh, what, what is okay. that thing? I was talking to that cowboy guy, the old guy, what was his, whatever his name was, and he said, "I said, are you working?" He said, "All the time." I said, "How could you be?" Oh, working? Al Burke. Al Burke. Yeah, it's because he does a lot of non-union stuff, he, though. But no, he said he was. What is it called when you work for both? You can work for a union. You can't. There's a name for it. I forgot. Oh uh, yeah, it's a. What is it called? Now that you say it, a I, brain dead next to me. Now, now that you say you it. You know what I mean? Where the union says you're allowed to work. Well, you take a a leave. From the union. Oh, also, uh, no, there's a word. There's a new thing they do. It's not new. It's been around for years. Well, everybody's working now that way. A lot of people are working that way. I forgot what it's called now. But I'm in all union movies. Yes, me too. So I'm screwed. So I have a question for you going going back. To, so first of all, I think it's funny that you were a cheerleader in Porky's because when I was in high school, <laughs> I actually uh, worked at a movie theater my senior year of high school. And it was a single movie theater. So a movie back then, you know, stayed in the theater for months. And so I've seen Porky's like 8,000 times because I actually like worked at the movie theater that was there. And that was a big deal. Um, yeah. So you would have been like a scene. You would have been in high school when you did that, too. I was, but that's the funniest movie. It's such a fun movie. Um, He's cute when he talks. And then the other, and then the other thing that I think. So one of my favorite, like '80s, I think it's from the '80s. '80s movies is Vision Quest. Vision Quest is one of the greatest like movies ever made in the '80s. I'm a big '80s fan. And and so when you say that you were the body double, were you the body double for Linda Fiorentino? I was. That is. So tell us how, what that means. Like, tell us a little bit what that means. Because you guys, if you don't know Vision Quest, it was Matthew Modine. And he was trying to lose weight to to wrestle this certain guy, Shoots, Shoots, I think his name was. Anyway, well, I forgot what it was. It has the best soundtrack ever, Madonna and all these fabulous people are on the soundtrack. And it is a great, great movie. And, and Matthew Modine's best friend is the guy who plays, I forgot his name. He doesn't act anymore. But he's the guy who um, was... Uh, uh, 16 Candles. He's the love interest in 16 Candles, and now he makes furniture. I've always tried to find him, but you can't find oh, him anyway. Uh, the really cute guy. But anyway, yeah. tell us a little bit about that because I think that's the coolest thing ever, and our audience, you know, everybody's got to know that movie. Well, um, I don't know if people, well, probably most of my fans know this, that I also do stunts. Um, 
and have been doing stents pretty much my whole life. Um, for this, I did everything that Linda, where you see Linda um, naked or in a robe or in silhouette or in the doorway, that's all me. So, I like so you did it. you did nudes. I did all all of her body work. So anything where you see her body, that's not her body. Movie, so it's I, not like she's I, like I, naked. I, 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 no, I told <laughs> I love scenes with. Yeah, with you know, I told and, my producer. I said I would be willing to do a nude scene, but be careful because people may trip over it. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's not that far from the truth. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think did you have fun? I mean, you must have had such a good time in the eighties. I mean, I'm sure you have a good time now, but the eighties for me, the eighties is like you know, pretty in pink, breakfast club, sixteen candles, uh, some, some, anything John Hughes. That right. is just like my like era of things that I love so much. I get so excited, you know, when we bring those people on the show. Anybody who's been in any of those, uh, those I was, yeah, I was really really blessed in the eighties. You know. Um, my like training ground was Miami Vice. I was on that for four years. I played a different character every single week. So, you know, there, and the, here's a hilarious little bit of information. I was doing a Comic-Con and I'm sitting there and my dear friend, uh, Amanda Hall was sitting next to me and, and she, <laughs> She says, oh, these guys want to talk to you. And they're very nervous. And they came over and and they started talking to me. And they said, um, we almost got kicked out of our fraternity because of you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What did I do? And they said, there is a Miami Vice Max Wassa drinking game where every time you come on screen, we do a shot. And you were on screen so much that we almost lost our fraternity rights. Because <laughs> everybody got so drunk. That's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, I had no idea. And then they had like the balls to ask me to come to NYU and, and come to their fraternity and do the drinking game with them. I said, are you out of your mind? I'm not going to drink with a bunch of frat guys. Are you crazy? I think that's fun, though. Yeah, you got to like, love it. What, what, what would you like to do with yourself on the screen? Tell the truth. Something that you really have in the back of your head that you wish that a producer would say, Max, go do it. What would it be? Come on. Right. I would love to play parts like like Ratchet, you know, um, those really deeper emotional parts, uh, something, you know, where I'm not a lawyer or... <laughs> or naked um that would be fantastic you know it's so funny um i work a lot with john landis and uh kevin bright back in the day and john would always tease me it's like okay what script did you get this week and he's like how many shower scenes do you have I'm like <laughs> <laughs> i would like something without a shower scene my thing is I've never cried on TV, on stage, or in a movie. And I want to cry before I die. So I told the producer of this movie, what is it called now? Death Realm. Death Realm. They changed the title. I'm told that my son is dead. Now, can I not just have a reaction like they do? Can I please cry? 
And they said, well, we'll see what it looks like. Now, if somebody, I have, a, I have two daughters, God forbid, don't even want to say it. But if somebody told me one of my children died, what would you do, Max? God forbid now, God forbid, God forbid. But if that news was told to you, what would be your reaction? Oh, I would cry in a... In a second, right? So I don't understand why these fucking movie makers, writers don't get it. They're going to let you cry, though. It's not in the script. It's not in, in the, the script. script they're gonna in let the you script, cry. I do. Tell me my son just died. Your son just died. Uh, <laughs> He's going to be able to do it because I'm producing No, it, I could so. cry. But, but I mean, what kind of reaction? Uh, uh, uh. Well, first off, you don't follow the script. You know, no, I never do. That's why they hate me. <laughs> you know, that's that's what we as actors have to take on is right. we have to become this character. So oh, whatever absolutely. the character is dealing with, you need to emotionally deal with yourself. And if that's crying, then the director, the producer, and, and the lighting guy are going to have to deal with it. And they're going to have to keep fixing your face for every take or but just do you know, you do. Listen, I was in a movie where I played a New York mobster mafia tough guy which I play very well because I don't even need to have an accent. I have it normally. So the line was, I don't remember it, but I'm going to use a fake line, something like I'm a gangster. And I say, get over here. What are you doing? Because if you don't, I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> and I said to the people, I said, listen, that's not how we spoke in Brooklyn. <laughs> they said, well, you're not in Brooklyn. You're in Hollywood. I said, I know, but that's not right. It makes me look stupid. And my Brooklyn friends and New York people are going to say, what the fuck happened to him? Can we change it? And they said, well, what do you want to change it to? And I said, well, like Brooklyn talk. They said, well, what's that? Well, now I'll make up another one. Get over here before I knock you right in your face. No, that's how it goes. Well, they shot it. The director came running over to me, screaming, more, more. I want more of that. More, more. So I said to myself, you fucking idiot. You know, <laughs> you got me such a hard time on set. Made me look like a prima donna where everybody was tapping their foot saying, oh, hey, Russell's gone again. You know, oh, he's changing lines again. Sometimes we as the actor know exactly what we want to make the character. And it's right. How do you feel about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, pretty much any director that works with me knows that I'm going to go off script anyway, um, because that's what I do. You know, when I when I walk on to set, I'm that character and I don't break from that character. Yeah, neither do I. Now, for television, television, you know, you're not allowed to go off script. It has to be pervaded. You cannot see on television. Well, ask her. That's your experience. What yeah. ask her? How about you? Did you have that experience? Um, you know, it's to a point. There's there's pink pages and blue pages, and you know, I just look at them and go, "But yesterday it was on the blue page." <laughs> you can do that though, because you're gorgeous. Yeah, and you're a girl. If I said yesterday it's on the blue page, they take it the fuck off the set. <laughs> So you know, Wait, I have a question for you though. Unless, then. of course, a producer's gay, then I get away with murder. But the, the, the main thing is that you just want the best for the scene, right? For the right. Film. You know, and and they're not going to get mad at you when they look at the dailies and go, "Damn, that was really frigging good." 
But you know, to, get, that's, to get to the jailies, what you got to go through, you're called a troublemaker, a prima donna, uh, a star fucker, whatever you're called. All kinds of horrible things. Question, question, question to you. You're in a movie starring and a bunch of people paid to get in that film oh, who shit. are not actors. <laughs> and you are in a scene with a non-professional actor and you're knocking out a dynamite performance and the actor is saying, okay, I will now shoot you. <laughs> what do you think of that bullshit? Um, I don't do those movies. There you go. Good. But they are now happening in all. They they are happening all over the place. Um, Even big movies. My uncle, my aunt, my nephew, my cousin, my ex trick. They're all in a movie because of, of nepotism or friendship. <clears throat> I mean, in rehearsal, you want to help whoever you're doing. Rehearsal? What is that? <laughs> What did she say? In the indie films that he's done oh, a few lately, they don't do rehearsals. What, what does that mean, Max? What's What does rehearsal mean, Max? Wait, in blocking? Okay, we'll use blocking. I don't understand that word, blocking, Max. <laughs> he understands it. He just doesn't get to hear it very often well, lately. Marks. He what? will in the new one. He will in the new what, movie. What's a doing. mark? What's a mark? I was on a film and I said to my director, where's my marks? He said, you don't have any. I said, what do you mean? I'll be out of focus. He said, no, you want the camera follows you. I said, by the way, where's the camera? He said, up there. <laughs> said, I thought it was a security camera. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh you've done so, some, so, you have wait, some, no, some movies back. that wait, aren't sh- like. Sh- sh- so you rehearse? <laughs> I mean, uh, it, usually <laughs> we have at least one rehearsal. So, no, I love it. But, but that is a good point. And, you know, there are a lot of people doing these films where people are buying in and they are not actors. Um, so, you know, the best advice we can be as, as professional actors is to try to bring them up uh, as best as possible. Oh, come on. Come on. And if you're doing something, and you know, you're premiere on Thursday. Quiet halt. Max, how many years are you in the business? <laughs> Bring somebody up 50, to your level in, in five minutes? What are you out of your mind? You're nuts. Well, you know, you, you just couldn't possibly bring anybody up to your level. It would take as many years as you're in the business. <laughs> I'm in the business 64 years. You think I'm gonna worry about some schmuck that paid five thousand bucks to get in the movie to bring but, but the thing is, they're gonna bring your scene down. So you, you know can- what? He doesn't do them. He doesn't. We don't do it. I don't do those. those We don't do them either. Oh, I don't do them either. We don't do them. I I stopped. Listen, I retired because of my age. And Jimmy said, you're stupid. You're still good. Come back in the business. So I'm new in the business. You know, nobody knows me. I'm out of it 20 years. I was on TV in the 60s, 50s, (laughs) a long time ago. So I said to Jimmy, okay. When I came in the business, I was in these shitter rules. I could, I first day on the set, I was a wreck. I said, Jimmy, where, where's the cameras? Where's the lighting? Where the, what's He's the- used to big cameras, not like these little things that no. look like telephones. <laughs> so have, you, have you ever seen a movie set of 1965 in a movie? We had, we had cameras the size of Volkswagen. <laughs> we had a hundred people running around. We had we had moppers. They don't even know what a mopper is. I asked that in one film. I said, "Can I get a mopper?" They don't know what it is. A mopper is the guy that comes and blots your face when you sweat. 
So, so many things have changed from the days of really making movies. So here I am in this world that I don't understand. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> wait, I want to ask a question. How do you wait, wait. feel about the changing times of film? Oh, yeah, because you've lived through it. Yeah, but she started at seven years old, so she ain't no kid. You know, she's right there with, not with me, but with me in thinking. Yeah, it's, it's been a, a interesting uh, experience in, uh, in my career going from the different levels, you know, starting, I, my very first film was a horror film and then, you know, straight into TV and then from TV into more film. And, and it's funny because like my agents, um, which I have a few, uh, yell at me all the time because I don't have a real, I don't have like, no, you don't have a real, you don't know who I am. Then don't book me. <laughs> like, no, that's no I think that's okay. Wait, a real is something that you will enjoy when you're 83. Yeah, but I don't care. I don't care to you see. Will care. You will care. Okay, go ahead. Wait. wait, Jane Russell. You know who she is, Jane Russell? My best friend. We were buddies. We hung out. And I said to her one day, Jane, how do you feel about getting old and not looking like you did when you were young? And she turned around and she said, what the hell do you think, Ron? So this is going to be, you're not going to look well, you like. You have pictures of everything and you probably no, have no, no actual movie. Same, you have the same movie. You probably have copies of your movies, right? Just the other day. I was wait, in, wait, hang on. Let her answer. Oh, I can't. You're bewildering me with your stupidity. Uh, it's not stupidity. You have, do you keep copies of all? He doesn't keep copies of his. He doesn't want them. I always go try to buy them. He's like, no, don't buy it. No, I have some, um, you know, because I do a lot of those autograph. Right. Oh, you so, have because you can sell them. Right. Um. But I mean, there's there's things I don't even remember ever even doing, and you know, people will come up to me at at a show and they'll, you know, they'll get very upset because they want to do the dialogue back to you and they want you to, you remember. know, do the dialogue with them. And I'm like, was I in that? I don't even remember being <laughs> like. What was your first horror movie? That's what was true. your first horror movie? Well, the Ice Cream Man. Oh, That's a good I saw, title. I I saw, that's a good title, actually, though. I do like it. Okay, so here's a hypothetical for you. Um, and, I, and I know we didn't ask this the first time you were on because I never did it. So um, hypothetical three-part question. Um, number one is if you could have ever been in any movie ever made in history, what movie would you have liked to have been in? And then the second part to it, male and female bucket list actors, living or dead, that you would like to work with. Would have liked to work with. Um, I would have loved to have been in a few movies. Um, Give us a few. Okay, go ahead. Wait, say it again because I didn't hear him. He's he's coughing. Uh, I would have loved to have been in Cleopatra. Oh wow! Really? Now yeah. tell me why. That's interesting. Well, I'm an Egyptian girl, so I'm. I believe that I was a half Egyptian, and you know. Is that the one with the, the, the uh, Elizabeth, Taylor. Taylor, Elizabeth Taylor? He knew Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she was far from Cleopatra in person, trust me. <laughs> oh, what do you think of the fact that they tried, that they wanted to remake it with Angelina Jolie? I think they should not do it with her, but do it with me. 
Okay, I think so too. Okay, good. I think they should do it with me and Drake, so screw all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I feel that I was an Egyptian. I lived in ancient Egypt. Jimmy knows that. Do you feel that? Do you feel Cleopatra? Well, I do because, you know, she runs through my veins, you know. so You feel that you have a presence towards her. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Okay, so male and female actors that you haven't worked with. And if there's another movie, you can give us another one. Um, well, besides the two of you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're smart. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, there's there's so many fantastic actors. I've been really blessed that I've gotten the chance to work with so many different ones, especially, you know, on Miami Vice and and on Dream On, our cast always was changing. So that was a, a great experience of meeting and, and working with a lot of different kind of actors. Um, I I would love to work with, you know, some of the older classic actors, um, you know. Who I probably knew. <laughs> bench. I would love. Oh, oh Judy Dench! We love adore, adore Judy Dench. Yeah, um, Helen Mirren. Adore Helen Mirren. Um, you know yes, who I, you Mirren, know who I want to work with? Kate Blanchett. Um, yes, you know, I have the word out that I want to work with, and it's all over England now. Michelle Dockery. Dockery. Have you any idea who she is? Yes, yes. Fantastic. She's the most brilliant actress in the world. I adore Did her. you see her TV show that only lasted two seasons and it was called um, Good Behavior Good Behavior on TNT? Where she's, you know, she, she's not like Mary from Downton Abbey. You know, now she's like she's a hooker, thief, drug addict, you know, and she was the best. Great. We she, just binged the whole she, series again she, the other she day. She does an American accent and at some time she plays a Southern American actress. She's a brilliant actress. I must work with Michelle Dougherty. So Michelle, when you anybody in England that because England's watching us right now, if anybody knows her, get the message to her that we will get a script for her that she will adore, just so that I work with her. I really do. What about because you worked with almost every major horror movie actor? Oh wait, wait, well you didn't give us a guy. So guy actors. Um, guy would probably. Um, oh man. Don't say Brad Pitt. Well, I w- I'd like to work under Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about Brad Pitt? I think he's nothing. He, I uh, was, yes. Seriously, I would never ball him. He's not he's, my type. Um, he's just delicious. Everybody <laughs> thinks so. He's I like, don't think he's so. He's like a little runty blonde. I mean, I'm going to be doing a movie with him, so I think he's I, great. I better shut my ass. <laughs> Because I'm in that movie with Brad, so actually, when Brad we, when we cast for that, like I will uh, we'll like, see arrange that so that I can I will arrange that. I will arrange that. So you could get under her. I will arrange that because we um, I'm doing another movie first. Death I forgot, Realm. Brad. I'm we love you. It. You're gorgeous. I'm You're producing wonderful. a movie called Death Realm, and it's we're supposed to start. We've already got the money, so as soon as the, the strike is over, and then the next Brad's one after that, that is supposed to be a, a really big budget movie with Brad. Right. Um, yeah, I would love to work. With you. And I will, see, so we, we haven't had contact like. with you, but like, I would love to work with you on some stuff. You know, I, I'm producing all kinds of films. I don't act because I suck. I, but I'm popular in social media, so so he does the acting, I do the producing and casting, and I do all kinds of stuff. So so uh, we will work together on something, and I'll see oh, if I can. Oh, I have you to in. say something. Sophia Loren has not died. 
Uh-huh. That was a f- I was so- watching TV and a thing came in that Sophia Loren died. And I went hysterical because I made a movie with her. I know that woman. She's a lovely, lovely human being. And it's a rumor. It's, it's a, a celebrity lie. death hoax. It's so if you watch YouTube and they say Sophia Loren died 20 minutes ago, it is bullshit. She is fine. She is living in Switzerland. She's very much alive. God bless you, Sophia. Tanti bacio. Oh, go ahead. Sophia once said to me, she said, Max, in this voice, Max, always, always wear mascara. Uh, oh, Sophia told you. Always wear mascara. You know what she told me? I was speaking Italian to her. She said, your Italian is as bad as my English. <laughs> But we managed to get between Italian and English. This is back in 1959 when yeah. she first came to this country. We were in a movie together with Ted Punter called That Kind of Woman. So I was, of course, up her ass like a suppository because I, I'm madly in love with Sophia Loren. I have been for all these years. I can She is a delightful, lovely, down-to-earth Italian lady. Yes. I love Sophia. So you guys can follow Max on Instagram. She's Max Wassa official. Do you have an actual website or no? I do. MaxWassaOfficial.com. Oh, there we go. That, that was easy. So MaxWassaOfficial.com, you guys. Check out all her different things. Before you go, tell us, how did you meet Sophia? Um, I met her through Donna Summer. Oh, my gosh. I love Donna Summer. Donna Summer. Remember her? Yeah, girl talking about those. Bands. So you've always worked in music at the same time as you were working in film, because Donna yeah. Summer that would put you back a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure I'm it's my last dance for last chance for romance tonight. Yeah, I used to love it. I used to go to Studio Fifty Four, and they'd play that around four in the morning for those that wanted to go home. Right, uh, and it, but everybody was so stoned they didn't even know what time it was. They didn't, no, everybody was loaded beyond belief. As well. Did you, ever, wait, did you ever go to Studio 54? I did. Isn't it fabulous? I loved yeah. it. When I was modeling in New York. I used to go all the time. You had to be a babe when you went, a young girl. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. I love Studio. It was fun. So, you guys, check out all of Max's stuff. Check out Max Wassa Official <laughs> on Instagram. Her website is maxwassaofficial.com. She's fabulous. Uh, we'll have more pictures with her because we're going to do some stuff with her in the future. And we want to thank you for coming on. It was so great seeing you, physically hugging you on Saturday night. It was yes. a blast. <laughs> and um, so we'll see you soon. And if anything cool comes up, let us know. We'll bring you back. Yeah. Thank you so much. Love thank seeing you. you. Stay well, Max. Stay well. You're a terrific thank girl. Thank you. And support well, the strike. Absolutely. 100%. And thank, thank you for giving us a good show. Yeah, everybody loved you in the chat. Yeah. They loved you're, you. So you're a great. good guest. Thank, Thank you for a good show. Bye. All right, you guys. This That's Max Wassa. We're going to take bye a bye really bye. quick music break and play uh, 10 Sharp Lines on Your Face. Actually, no, instead of that, uh, since Halloween is coming up, we'll play the, the trailer for Clown Motel 2 because Ron's in the film. But wait a minute. Are we going to have a Halloween show next week? No. No, because next week it'll be our shows on Nove- in November. This is a, We didn't do a Halloween show. No, I mean, are we going to have one next, no. next next Wednesday? Are we doing? No, Halloween? it'll be in November. Oh, no. it's going to be. No- oh, so today should have been. Yeah, it should have been, but I didn't think about it. So. Oh, shoot. so that's so in the in the vein of Halloween. Before we bring on our next guest, you guys, here's the trailer for Clown Motel Two. When we come back, we'll be with our next guest, Fred North. Enjoy.
It's been six months. Why didn't you find me yet? Where are you, Joe? We are looking for Sergeant Kelly. Yeah. It's me, General Milan. Just received new information on Brooke. So we got a team? The best. I feel an entity has entered. Okay, squad, the outside perimeter is clear. You have lost me three souls. Bring me back those souls while we find the pure. What kind of sick society wants a human sacrifice? If we can connect to base, we should be able to see what's going on. Bring me a pure soul tonight! We lost him. <laughs> it's time to kill! 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 All hail, angel of darkness! Let the transformation begin. You said the rebirth of their world is every 50 years. You humans, you don't understand our world. Bye-bye! <laughs> the clowns will rise in blood tonight! Clown. Got stranded on the side of the road, got waterboarded. Sergeant Slaughter shows up and he's like, hey, did you bang my wife? Well, you fucking right I banged your wife. Hey, what's up, you guys? So, real quick, too, please follow me on my Instagram and, and uh, TikTok. It's This Is Jimmy Star on Instagram. Uh, I changed it to This Is Jimmy Star, so we have to change it uh, on there, Juan. But anyway, I'm This Is Jimmy Star on Instagram and TikTok, and please follow. And now we're going to bring on our next guest. So let's bring him in. Let's see if we can hear him. Hello, Fred. How are you? Hi. Thank oh, you. Oh, we can hear you really well. All right. Perfect. Are you on a, a, a phone or a computer? A computer. Can you, like, switch the screen a little bit so we don't lose the top of your head? There you go. Perfect. That's fine. We just... We don't want you to be cut off. All right, let me do a great introduction here, you guys. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, motion picture helicopter pilot, aerial coordinator, stunt helicopter pilot, film. Oh, what did I write down? Film, oh, film pilot with over 200 film credits. Hello, Fred Northern. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Uh, glad to be uh, with you guys. Absolutely. Good. So this is my uh, cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Ron Russell. Hiya. Got a lot Hi, of man. stuff to ask you. A lot of stuff. Good. First of all, we have, a, we have a chat room filling up with people, so say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi, <laughs> guys. First of all, we have a, a good friend who also is a helicopter uh, movie. Uh, we do? Yeah. What's her name? From up, up in the high desert. He's not a movie. He's a helicopter pilot, but not a not yeah. for movies. Yes, he has. No, 
He's well, not. Anyway. He's a helicopter pilot, but not for movies. Yes, he has, but Jimmy doesn't know. We won't even go there. Anyway. But anyway, it's frightening because helicopters don't always stay up in the air. Well, it's a misconception because 99% of helicopter accidents are pilot error, and 1% is mechanical. So the problem is not the helicopter, it's the pilot. When I was in England with my daughter, we went in a helicopter at Gatwick Airport, and we went to Heathrow. Boy, oh boy, was that an experience. <laughs> no, really, the estates you see when you're flying, because it's slow. A helicopter goes slow. And I have yeah. taken a helicopter in New York City. Over yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing platform. Is that not the most magnificent thing to see Manhattan at night in a helicopter? We were, going, we were going to Atlanta, or we had just come back from Atlantic City. So, so real quick, I love helicopters. I've never been on one, but I'm afraid of heights, so I probably wouldn't be good. No, Jimmy, it, uh, it goes so slow and smooth. You don't even know you're up in the air. So, so uh, Jimmy, you won't be uh, afraid of height because you're not physically on the ground. That's true. Right. I'm not afraid right. in planes. I can fly in planes, but sometimes the turbulence gets my stomach. But hang on. Let me do a little bragging, first of all. So the reason you guys, we brought Fred North on here is because he's an expert in aerial cinematography. He just wrote a book, which we're going to be talking about, called Flying Sideways, the story of the world's most famous stunt pilot. Um, in the book, he has endorsements from Michael Bay, Sean Levy, Charlize Theron. And you guys, when Woo! I say like uh, aerial cinematography, not like on some little shitty movie. Like he's like on the biggest movies ever, you guys. He's on the Fast and Furious series, Transformers, Bad Boys, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Gladiator, which I have a friend who was the, the, the gladiator in that. The Incredible Hulk, Inception, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, The Last Airbender, Kong Skull Island, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Pacific Rim, X-Men, The Last Stand, James Bond, Spectre, Mission Impossible. He's licensed to fly a helicopter in 65 countries, and he has the world record for altitude in a helicopter at 42,500 feet, which I guess that's really high. You bet it's high. <laughs> <laughs> and he's born in Tunisia, you guys. So what is Tunisia, your what Tunisian? Is, so what is your accent? Is French? You sound French. Yeah, it's French. Yeah, I'm French. I don't know where Tun- yeah. I don't exactly know where Tunisia. And, and is. you graduated sixth in your class. Doesn't make any difference. It doesn't mean I have to know where something. Tunisia is, is, is first, first, Okay, first. Tunisia's in Africa. First of all, it's not in France. No, I know that, but they speak. For, you're telling me about geography. <laughs> they speak <laughs> French. Yeah. First question, and I'm curious about this. Is the director in the helicopter with you telling you how to shoot? No, in general, they're not. No. So how do you get the right shot? We just know, we understand what the shots are, and then we're giving that to the director. He's not with us, because it's difficult for the director to be with us, because for multiple reasons. First of all, he can be afraid of what we're going to be doing, the stunts we're going to be doing, and... You don't want anything to compromise his creativity, in a sense. So, like you guys are sitting on in a couch, and then I can send the image that I'm filming from the helicopter to you, and then you can talk to me through a radio and tell me, Fred, go left, go right. But at least you know so it directs you from the ground via radio. Uh, in fact, they have that feature, but it's very rare that they're using it. The way we are doing our business is, let's say you're directing a show and you said, Fred, I need you to shoot the beginning of my movie. Okay, so I need 45 seconds of an intro, whatever that, that is. 
we're going to do our homework to understand what that vision is, understand what the script needs, what the story is, and also the style of that director. Then we're going to go on our own. And then we're going to uh, give him the footage. And 99% of the time, they're very happy with it. Because the truth is, we don't want a director to tell us how to get the shots. He just needs to tell us what he needs. And then we'll get it for him. Because he doesn't know what we can do or not do. Yeah. Right. So you're, you're actually editing the film. <clears throat> it, it, no, we're not editing. We're giving him the footage so he can do the editing correctly for his, for his movie. And how many hours in the air in order to get the shots they want are you up there? So it depends, but um, it can go. Usually we're, we're pretty fast. Um, yeah. let's, say, let's say you need a 45 seconds shot for uh, an opening of a movie where you want to put the credit and all that stuff. I mean, we can get that in 15 minutes. You know, it's, uh, it's very fast. It really depends if there's a complexity to the scene. Right. Uh, if it's a simple explosion with a car flipping, it's, it's going to take simple. me five minutes. Simple car yeah. flipping. That's simple. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now, now they use the uh, what's it called? The gnome. The gnome. The, uh, a drone. A drone. A drone. Now they, and the drone seems to do the same effect as the helicopter. Or don't you approve? No, I I, I disagree on on very multiple uh, reasons, and I don't want to be too technical there. But first of all. Um, if you if you if you take all the, the the camera system that you have on the set, a crane, uh, um, a dolly, a steady cam, uh, camera on, on the shoulder, the cameraman is directly connected to the camera through his hands or through the device itself. On the helicopter is the same. We're flying the camera, basically flying the camera. Okay. On the drone, there's a disconnect between the 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 the, the camera. And the operator and the pilot, they're disconnected. So we shoot uh, instantly. Like if I see a scene from the air, I'm going to see the shot and then I'm going to go for it with my guts. Okay. It, you're not going to tell me, Fred, uh, go left of the house or go right on the house. I'm going to see it and then I'm going to get it. On the drone, you can't do that. It has to be a la carte. Okay. I need you to go around the house and right. get me that POV. So it's not the same kind of shots. Also, if you think about it, drones are way more complex than you think as far as getting a shot. They don't have, they have a spatial orientation issues. They don't know where they are in perspective to other obstacles. They only see here. So if there is a rainbow on my left, but let's say he's on the ground and there is trees on the left, he doesn't see the rainbow on the other side, for example. <clears throat> they, they have a special orientation issue. Also, um, it's very hard for a drone pilot on a screen to have a depth of field. Right. So, you know, it's very hard. So it's difficult for them to, they can only really do something that you will ask directly to do. Go around the house, make a 360, and that's a 30-second flight. That's not what we do. We're going up in the air, and we're feeling the, uh, the, 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 the scene, and then we get the shot. It will just be more natural. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. We need both. But the overlap is maybe 5 to 10%. That's it. Actually, though, what you do is actually, I mean, it's a very cool, I think it's super cool. You're the only person we've ever had on the show who did it. That's why I was so excited to bring you on because it's something new for our audience. Um, but like, it's not like you're flying like over the air and there's not buildings and all kinds of stuff you could crash. It's not like you're in an open field, so you don't have to worry and you can just fly around. Like you have to, in, in, in getting the shot, you have to make sure you don't hit buildings and skyscrapers right. and, and planes. You can maneuver. Helicopters are very maneuverable. 
extremely Ooh. memorable. They they so if you are experienced enough, they can turn around. Be, right, you can do three three sixty. You can do any directions. But if you experience enough, it's like it's like being on the bicycle. The bicycle disappear, and then you're just going around. Yeah, it's it's the same thing, you know. For me, it's a two point five ton machine, but I'm flying the camera. The helicopter disappear. And then we, we become the camera. So now imagine you have a camera on your head and you're flying up in the air. What would you get? You know, so we get so many things and uh, we get amazing footage because of that reason. How did you decide that you wanted to do Like, did you just wake up one day and say, gee, I think I'm going to go like be a movie cinematographer and fly helicopters or like, how did, how does that come? How did that work out in your head that you became this? Well, you should read my book first of all. But what you guys, we're going to talk about is more. But the book you guys is called Flying, because B, they're already talking about it in the chat room. Uh, flying right, sideways, the but, world's most famous stunt pilot, you guys. And where but is basically, the the book is, and what was your question? How you go from Tunisia, long story short, to Hollywood, but yes. especially for a French guy that you know, my, my English now is kind of a B minus, but. But 20 years ago, it was a, a D minus. So it was not easy to, to do the transition. But, you know, in life, I'm, I'm sure it's the same for you for you both. It's a journey that takes you there. I never had the end goal in mind. The only thing I knew is I wanted to do something cool and sexy, but I didn't know exactly what it was. But I had the energy and I had the strength and the, the workforce. Like I wanted to succeed, but make, to make me happy. When the, 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 I even didn't know at 20 years old that there were a film pilot uh, job. For me, there was a helicopter pilot, a doctor, a lawyer, a reporter, but I didn't know there were more to that. So it, it, I was in France and I was flying for a TV a sport event, um, covering us with a helicopter, like the Formula One race or the uh, selling race or any kind of a rally, uh, rally car, like the Barra race that you have in, uh, in in the US. And then I, I had something similar in, uh, in in Europe and Africa. So I was flying for 10 years that. And after a little while, I was a little bit bored creatively because when you shoot a TV uh, a sport event, it's not the way you shoot it. It's who's losing, who's winning, right. who has a car crash. Okay, so the, the producers are more interested about the facts going on on the ground than the way you're gonna shoot that stuff. And then I met a guy his name is Larry Blanford. And Larry is was he was one of the cameramen on Top Gun, the first one. Okay. okay he was in, in the US uh, Navy and he was uh, the cameraman on, in the jets with a with a camera on his shoulder. And and Larry told me, you know, Fred, when you do movie work as an aerial photographer, it's the way you shoot stuff that will translate an emotion to the audience. It's the way you shoot it that is going to tell the story That's versus right. So if you if you if you need a car that goes from the airport and go to the city from right to left on the screen and there's a dialogue in that car the way you're going to shoot it from the air I can make it a dramatic entry I can make it a very slow you know and steady uh shot I can go like a crazy fucker I don't know if you can say that yeah. <laughs> to the car and and then that will change the emotion of the audience when they're going to see it, it's like, whoa, you know. So movie will give way more creative. And that's what I was looking for. And that's how I ended doing that job. And know? actually, if, you're not, if you weren't really good at it, too, you can, like, break, make or break a movie, really. So, like, you have to be really good at it, which you, obviously you are. You wouldn't be working on the biggest movies in the world. 
that's what America, you know, is amazing at. It gives chances to people. Like in France, even if you're very good at it, it's very hard to uh, to become, you know, in the top top five or whatever. But in America, they don't really give a shit from where you're coming from. They, if you're good at it, American will embrace it. And, you know, really, it, they gave me a chance. And I'm really, you know, grateful for it because, you know, it's here I am, you know. I find that air shots relieve us from the film. They rest us. I find it very resting uh, because the thought of flying through the air gives you a feeling of, of, of comfort. Is it, don't you agree? When you fly through the air, it's comfortable. Yes, no, for sure. I think it, it gives you a perspective on the whole scene. So if it works for the film, if, if, if we want to feel whatever, you guys do it with the, with the air shots. I love air yeah. shots. I think they're very important to a movie. Like you said, the, what was the most exciting thing we saw on television? O.J. Simpson's truck on the freeway for right. how long? And the helicopter following him. That is yeah. probably the most exciting footage I have ever seen on film. Because that helicopter, he wouldn't leave that van. He took he so right? Am I right? So no, it's, it's, it's a perspective. Air yeah. shots are good. I like I've never worked in a film with it. Have I? I don't think so. I don't think I've ever worked in a film where we've used the air shot, but they're nice. I like them. So so I have a question. As a, as an aerial cinematographer, do you have an agent? How do people find you? I mean, obviously you built a name oh, for yourself. Oh, he's got a name. But I mean, do you? He I know, doesn't like, get followed. I know that everybody has agents and stuff. Like, because I, uh, I I deal with them a lot because I produce a lot of movies. So, so do people in your line of work actually have like agents? You know, that you go to an agent to book you, or how do you actually? You know, find so, things. Some people have agent, but I don't have an agent because I don't like the disconnect. I like to uh, to talk directly to the producers. I like I'm, I'm more involved in that it's because also my part as a pilot is pretty small compared to the aerial uh, coordinator position that I have. So as an aerial coordinator, I'm involved way early on the uh, on the on the movie itself because they send me the script and I look at the aerial piece. And then I'm telling them if it's feasible, not feasible, if what we should add to be more realistic or what we can do to spice it up. So then I put notes and stuff and then I send that back to them and then they rewrite whatever. And then they said, so there's a back and forth creatively. And then when they're happy about the script, they, the producer asked me for an aerial budget. I do the aerial budget, aircraft, crew, uh, permits, how, where, you know, all that stuff. I put that into a package and I give it to them. And when that's into position, then, then I will do the, uh, the, the the flying myself. So people they know me uh, as an aerial coordinator because they uh, because of, um, of because coming from France, I have a license to fly in Europe, and in America, and in Canada, and in Argentina, in Brazil, in Iceland, or whatever. So they know that. Sixty-five. So, I wrote down sixty-five countries you can fly in. Sixty-five right. countries. Right. So, did you ever film those wonderful documentaries we see on, like Italy, where they went along the entire coast of from Genoa down to Naples? Do you know the film I'm talking about? No, I know the one I'm talking about, but I don't do too much those ones because they're more. Um, it's it's the, the the camera system they're using is like for TV. I'm doing mostly movies because all the equipment that I have is for movie work. Uh, um, you know, but I see, I see the one you mean. They're very, very pretty. 
They're beautiful. I love them. And they have that nice music with them. I watch them. I relax. I yeah. like flying. I don't like flying in a commercial airline because I need to take you both uh, in my helicopter. I don't know where are you, where are you guys physically? California. Palm Springs, California. Okay, so I'm in, uh, you know, in Los Angeles. So I, you guys, you both should come and then we'll go, you sure. know, downtown and take we'll you for fly. a little flight. Now that would I, be you. I, I could you, drop you, a few bombs on some people I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to the book. First of all, you yeah. guys, you can follow Fred on Instagram. He's Fred underscore North, really easy to find. Lots of stuff on his Instagram about his book. His website is fred-north.com. And um, so the name of the book is Flying Sideways, the story of the world's most famous stunt pilot. It just came out, you guys, I think on October 3rd, I read, right? October 3rd. Yeah, correct, yeah. Um, yeah. Where, do people go, where can people actually go and get the book? How much is the book and how long is the book? So the book is $29, I think, and you can find it, uh, you know, on my website or you can find it on my Instagram. There's a link or you can get it on Amazon, Buzz and Nobles, any kind of big, uh, you know, uh, uh, outlet and library, um, you know. But so there's plenty of places where you can get it. Uh, the, the idea behind the book, um, if I can say, there's uh, two reasons. Um, the first reason is... Uh, I don't know if you have kids, but uh, I have three. And what happened with the kids, uh, they don't really understand who the parents are and how they got to where they are until when they're 15, 16 years old, they understand where you are now, but they have no idea how you did it before. You got there. And my kids, they are 17 and 19 years old, and they're wondering what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And they're looking for that, that explanation. So you know, how, how they're going to get there. So I wrote the book to tell them how I did it. So they understand, you know, all the, the journey and the details. So it was a, le a legacy for them, but also for, you know, for them to, uh, to, to understand all that stuff. And then the second reason was on social media, I'm getting so many messages from young pilots and young kids that, Asking how did you get a you know how do you get as a film pilot how how are, you know how did you become this and how and all that stuff I'm trying to respond to each of them but I'm getting sometimes 50 messages a day so I, I respond to them each of them but I can't elaborate and I would like to I'd love to spend more time with them so the book is basically to explain my journey everything that I went through what is also going through my mind when I do a big stunt because people don't always understand the uh, the weight on the shoulder that I have as, as far as the risk, as far as the uh, liability, my responsibility for the people on board, the people on the stunt guys and all that, you know, it's it's a weight on my shoulder. All the travel we have to do, it's all the, the other side of the shiny part on social media. So the book is really to explain all that stuff. It's a funny book. There's plenty of funny story in there. Um, it's also uh, a life lesson. And I don't want to be arrogant saying that it just, a life lesson with my my experience and my my vision on how you know I went through all the you know just a quick a quick story on the book. Um, well, it's autobiography. It's an autobiography. Yes, it's a memoir. Yes. I have a question for you, Fred. You don't think I'm crazy? And answer me honestly. People won't think you're crazy. Have yes. you ever seen a UFO while you were up in the sky? No, I never did. Oh. Oh, he would have loved it if you I said yes. I would have loved it if you said yes. <laughs> so wait, go ahead. Uh, 
a little story on the book. Then. A, a quick story. And that, that's for the young kids out there. Okay. Because uh, each time you want to be, let's say you want to be an astronaut or something, people will say, are you out of your mind? Okay. So at 18 years old, I wanted to be a jet fighter pilot. Okay. So I went to the French uh, uh, Air Force and I did a one week selection. It was like a one week uh, training for, for, for them to assess if, if you can be a, a jet fighter pilot. And I did, the week went really well. Okay, and then on the last day, the guy that was in charge of that, you know, uh, air base, and I was doing the selection, all those young kids, it was a general. So it was, you know, a high rank. And the guy said, you know, Fred, um, you did awesome on, on a lot of uh, points, but you will be a terrible pilot. You're <laughs> going to be so bad. You should really choose something else because I'm telling you, mentally, you're absolutely not equipped to be a, a, a pilot. Absolutely what, not. Why do you say okay? that? Because, what, what because I don't know. You know, they do all those testing that you have to be basically fitting to a box for them. But at the time, I didn't understand that. I thought I'm a useless person. I will never be a pilot. And terrible. It was hard. Okay. So, but after a couple of weeks, I was thinking, screw him. That's Who right. Is he? Who is he? To tell me that. So anyway, in the book, I'm explaining all that stuff. And to, it's very easy to be let down by, you know, people you are looking up to. And I'm just telling those kids. And in the book, I'm explaining the whole little details of it. But it's just a story that today, you know, I'm a pilot and I'm happy about being a pilot. And I'm, I'm you know, not that bad at it. You're very so the message that you're sending out is everyone out there, have your dream. Don't let anybody crush it. Don't let anybody try to stop you. Don't let anybody tell you you stink. My mother, when I said to her at 16 years old, I'm going to be an actor. She said to me, oh, yeah, sure. Hollywood's yeah. just waiting for you. Well, they did wait, and here I am. So, you know, right. you can do it. If you if don't listen to anybody, do what you have. I have a question do. for you then. So, on the first of all, everybody, please check out uh, Fred hyphen north.com get the book do you have autograph copies that you send people if they buy it from your website yeah. they, so no, you got I, 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 I do some some stuff so they have to you know we we try to do it on, on book signing i i do different events and sometimes I, I make a deal with the library and if they order it there i sign it because it has to be not too far from my place but yes okay perfect so out of the fast and furious movies which ones did you work on all of them since number three so three, four, five, six, seven, eight, wow. nine, ten, and I'm prepping eleven. I did. I did the co- wait, eleven Fast and Furious. Movies? Yeah, we just we, saw we've done ten. We've done so ten. I, I actually did the costume design on the second one in Miami. I lived in Miami. That's why I was wondering if you were on there, but I didn't see a helicopter you. on it. I miss you uh, there. Yeah, I yeah. thought it would have been fun. That would be like our six degrees of separation if you had been it. So what is right. the what film has been like the most difficult one for you to come up with the creative? Um, the creative idea of how you were going to shoot it. What was the hardest one that you've done out of all the huge movies you've done? I mean, you know, each stunt sequence is always, you know, something to put together. But the last, the last two, I will say, there's the, the on Extraction 2, that is a, a movie that was uh, on Netflix. Um, yeah. Extraction 2, directed by Sam Hardgrave, fantastic director. And he... When he called me eight months before we did the, the film, he said, Fred, there is a, a big trend sequence in the movie and I want to do something crazy with helicopters attacking the train. And I said, what do you have in mind? 
And then he said, uh, I want you to come. There's three helicopters. They're doing crazy shit around the, the train. And then I want you to go above the train. He's going 60 miles an hour. And then we drop in guys, you know, from the helicopter on a hoist. And they drop on the train. And then they're attacking the train. We saw we it. I remember. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's the movie okay. Thor, right? The Thor guy is in that Right, movie. right. Chris Amworth. <laughs> so he's, he's telling me that. And I'm telling him. But that's boring as hell. It's been done 50 times. Um, why are we not landing the helicopter on the train at 60 miles an hour? And then the five guys get out and we, we arrive like a, like a wild cowboy. And then we go like a, like a you know, crazy maniac, you know, something really punchy. And he said, great, I love that. So that was eight months before we started the, uh, the making of the movie. So if you watch Extraction 2, we indeed landing the helicopter on the moving train at 60 miles an hour. So that was tricky to do because there is more complexity than it may look. Uh, that was because dangerous. Is that you then? Are you actually the helicopter? Yeah, it's me. It's me, yeah. It's so exciting because yeah. I actually know exactly Fred, what you're talking about. Fred, Fred, it hasn't been done before. So you don't know what the result could have been. It was a dangerous thing to do because so, that helicopter right. Couldn't have taken off again if something no, were you're right. No, you you're right, but that's why in the book I'm explaining, like it I suggesting fair. idea like that, and then after we hang up the phone with Sam, I said, "What's wrong with me? Why am I suggesting that to the guy?" And right. now, yes, but wait, wait is, are you extra for that? No. Oh, so I wouldn't no. have done it. <laughs> I would, no, no, I have to negotiate for you. I would have said to them, listen, that's a very outstanding trick and it's going to cost you more money. Otherwise, I'll drop them from the road. Wait, wait, wait. I'm thinking, wait, wait. So in Kong Skull Island, because I know there's a lot of helicopters in Kong Skull Island. Are you like, yeah. are you one of the big, uh, one of the ones carrying all the people? I'm filming all those helicopters with You're the, the filming all of them. Because that was yeah. a lot of helicopters in the air at the same time. Right. Right, there was we had four to a point uh, helicopters, and we had to line them up and everything. But this is more like a choreography. So helicopter air to air is more like a dancing choreography. Right. So the biggest the helicopter is like dancing with a big heavy woman. So you have to manage that piece. You know, uh, no offense to beautiful, you know, heavy woman, but it's a little bit like that. So. You know, to, so basically to come back to extraction is I just give ideas because I'm passionate, Ron. You know, I really, I'm passionate about the project. I take it personally. I really want to bring something to the audience. And, you know, the producer then will, they, those guys are good. You know, they take care of me correctly. And, you know, I, I don't, that's why I don't want an agent because I want to keep that creative part. You open. don't need an agent, Fred. All you have to do is drop your name. Hang on a second. Wait a second. So we have, so we have, um, first of all, we have a, a really good friend who lives in Germany who's in the chat room. Her name is B. Claudia. Say hi to B. She's hi already, B. she's already buying the book. She said at the beginning, it starts with the word author's note to set the record straight. He used to have a TV show called Set the set Record the Straight, straight. Uh, on TV in, in LA and Palm Springs. And, um, She's already bought the book, and she's like she she loves all the authors because she's also an author. So the fact that you say mm -hmm. hi, she like loves it. And she says it's amazing already. She's like, while we're on the air, she like bought it well, in Germany. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be a very interesting book, and especially for those young people who are interested in flying, 
because yeah. if, if it's educational, if you're going to teach these kids the hard the hardships and the fun, I, I think it it's, I think that that's a fair book, and I suggest that anybody that is interested in doing this definitely should buy his book. But, but Ron, it's not even don't want to fly. I think it's a book that will only increase your education, your knowledge. So at the next cocktail party, you can say, oh, by the way, did you know this about a helicopter? But so I, I'm, in the book, I'm, I was very careful to not be technical. So the book is for anyone. It's more about, you know, life things and how the journey went that the helicopter itself. It's more what, what goes to my mind as a challenge, but it could be anything. It can, uh, you know, for me, it was a helicopter, but it's not a book on helicopter. It's a book of a person and what went through the life to go through things. To get to, to, get to what to you get want to, to do. Get, exactly. Yeah. So in the chat room, they have a question for you. Since you work on a Mission Impossible movie, um, and uh, they want to know, what did you think about, like, Tom Cruise, the, supposedly he does all his own stunts. Were you doing the helicopter work, filming him doing his own stunts? And how yeah. how scary yeah. is that? Because he's just like a regular guy, like, doing crazy-ass stunts. <laughs> you know, you have, to, you have to understand that nobody can afford to lose Tom Cruise on a on a on an accident or something. Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> Whatever, it won't be good for the resume. So you know, everything we do with him and and any anybody, by a matter of fact, the prep is huge. So we can prep for two months, and uh, TC as we call it, TC is not with us. Okay, so we prep, we prep, we prep, and then when it's when we're ready for him, then he comes in, and then TC start to do his own rehearsal and training and then we are here to assist and then we help him achieve the stunt you know well, that's so lot, cool a lot of it's green screen and cgi you know a lot of it is technical it's not actually actor people out there uh, i don't want you to think you know they put a green screen behind you and they can make it anywhere in the world and when they dress you they have these little dots now, wait a second he really it, does it though right like like no, he does it. He does it, but not the dangerous, not the dangerous. Yeah, yeah. So, but oh. what you're saying, Ron, is is what? Let, look on extraction two. The studio wanted us to put a green screen next to the train. They wanted the static train, and they wanted us to pretend that we're going to be landing on the train, like like if we were going at speed. But we said no, and I'll be the first one to fight CG. I don't mind CG if it's adding to the reality of a shot. I do mind CG if we built the whole sequence out of, out of CG because fake doesn't replace real stuff. It does not. You, you can add a little bit of fake here and there because for entertainment. But to me, you know, we did that, that sequence for real. And what does it mean? It means that the, the main character, Chris Amworth, the guy from Tor, when you see the helicopter, like five feet from his, from his ass, I guarantee you is is acting properly because the sequence <laughs> is right there. You know what I mean? It's like, whoa, you know, if it's CG and it's like, he's supposed to see a helicopter that is not there, it's not going to shoot his pants, right? Now, well, that's, called in, that's called acting. A good actor can make it look real. But I know that, if, you know, I know that most of the, uh, who no, wait, know? like on the new Miss Impossible, they showed Tom Cruise doing that motorcycle thing. And I saw him actually do it on a video. Yeah, like, he does it. He does it. Yeah. yeah does like, it. That's like a, like he flies thousands of feet in the air and stuff. It's like real. He really does it. It's not, really does it. Tom Cruise is the only one though. I don't think other people do that. I think Tom Cruise you know is like what? different I'm than surprised everybody else. Oh, it's, it's, it's been done before. Uh, there's plenty guys uh, 
done that before. What he has never done before is an actor doing it. Right. Stunty stunt that did it. And oh, yeah, stunt not, people do it. Yes, because we know yes, about stunt an actor. Yeah. I'm surprised actor. that they allow him to do that. I'm shocked. He wants to do it. He's the one that. Yeah, but it. if he hurts himself, it costs the production a fortune of money if they have I to know, shut down know. until he's well. It's usually his production right. company anyway. Yeah, I know that, but <laughs> it, it's, it, he's really crazy. I like, love that. it. So hang on. We've only got three minutes. So you guys, first of all, this is Fred North, you guys. Please follow him on Instagram. He's at Fred underscore North. His website Thank is Fred hyphen North.com. The name of the book, you can plug it in Google. It'll come up everywhere. It's called Flying Sideways, the story of the world's most famous stunt pilot. Um, it's very cool that – what Charlize Theron movie did you – oh, she was in one of the Fast and Furious movies. Yes, but also Old Guards too. That is not – Oh, that's a great – oh, it's not – the first one was great. Yeah, but that one, we did some crazy shit weather. Like crazy shit weather. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Fred, did you ever meet her? Yeah, you worked yes. with her. Are you Fred? Yes. Not you. Shut up. I heard her. She flew. I hate you. I yes, hate yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. She's you. amazing. I hate you. I love you. her. I she's my favorite. She's, she's my favorite. favorite. Me too. Me too. I, I love her. I, I think she's the most beautiful woman in the world. And she has balls the size of a bull. I believe it. Does what? She has balls the size of a bull. I believe it. Oh yeah, she's tough. <laughs> she's tough, but she's, she's tough. amazing. So she on in Old Guards too. When the movie comes out, let's do another interview because yes. I can I can tell you all the details, but I cannot tell I you now. But it's I can't wait till it comes out. I love the first one, uh, yeah. so I can yeah. wait for the second you, one. We just saw one, wasn't it new? No, it was old. That was an old one. We yeah, saw? the new one hasn't come out. I yet. saw the one with the train. Where he's running oh, yeah. on the train. That was the like wind. in a, like a like probably like a year ago though, right? That that came yeah. out. Yeah, during COVID, it was during COVID. Yeah, yeah, it was during COVID. So I like love it. So you guys, please follow Fred. Get his book. Um, if you see, if you have any uh, signings, so I have like a million and a half followers in social media. So uh, I followed you on Instagram. Follow me back if you're doing a signing someplace. Send it to me, and I'll you know 1, send it out to everybody and, and help. Know and let people know. We also want to thank your publicist for contacting us to set this up. Yeah, uh, she's fabulous. A good interview. And I forgot who she is. And but you too. Uh, you too have to fly with me. I want you two to fly with uh, me. Absolutely. We come to LA often, so we would love to set something okay. up. Um, okay. Okay. All right, you guys. So this is it. Yeah, this you is could Fred fly, North. You, you could fly me to Genoa. Absolutely. <laughs> no problem. Congratulations on the book. Congratulations on all your success, and thank you so much for coming on the show. We loved having and you. And bonjour, thank Monsieur. Merci, au revoir. Merci beaucoup. All right, All right everybody. Thanks so much. Please also Thank follow you. me on TikTok and Twitter, you guys. I'm at This Is Jimmy Star and Instagram. This at This Is Jimmy Star. Follow me. We're building everything up. Fred, we'll have a great weekend. Congratulations. Time. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. And, and Fred, stay safe always. Thank you so much. I will. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, bye, bye everybody. Bye, Thank you. Nice bye. meeting bye. you, Fred. Me too. Thank you. In the mix, yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest news that you will send to the celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Come watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.